Mike, what are we talking about in today's episode of Moving the Goalposts? Today, we brought on Martine from Beards by the Bay and Tincho Sports to look at all Bay Area things and news around the NFL. And we also brought in our mutual buddy, Andrew, to talk about the Green Bay Packers and all things NFL. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, review, and tell a friend. Moving the goalposts wherever you listen. It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, O, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z. I guess All right, everybody. So Mike and I decided that for the new year, we wanted to uh, bring you some some different content, some different different things, some different takes, because I think there's there's only so much of, of him and I that, that you can listen to. Uh, but we appreciate everybody that listens. So without further ado, Mike, uh, we are actually going to be having a guest on today's show, uh, someone that you are familiar with, uh, a buddy of yours from uh, your your time writing at uh, the Patriots Wire or Per Sources or one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you if you want to introduce our guest today, without further ado, go ahead. Yeah, we have a special guest on today. He's the host of Teen Show in the Morning, co-host of Beards by the Bay, co-host of the Barca Boys. The man doesn't stop working. It's my boy, Martin. Martin, how are we doing today, brother? Man, I'm excellent. I'm super excited to be here, man. So what does government mean to you? <laughs> Ooh. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you threw out, before we started recording, you threw out that, that Kyrie Irving statement, and it just started getting me thinking, like, Oh man, I wonder what's going through that guy's mind right now. That is just the whole different side to it. That you, I don't even know Kyrie knows what's going on in his head. Yeah, I, I mean he might come back and play basketball this year for the Nets, but but who knows? So let me let me ask, since since we brought him up, how do you guys as as, as Celtics fans, how do you see Kyrie now? You, Mike, you go first. I mean, I still like the guy. I, I think he's insanely talented. Mm-hmm. Obviously, maybe dealing with some different personality things or emotional things, or he maybe he's just misunderstood and we're not really under like we're not really getting what he's trying to say. I do think he has a little bit of that uh like I'm smarter than everybody else mentality. Mm-hmm. But I I like put all that past of like this is a guy who I think could have been a building block to a championship in Boston. So like that's that's why I've always been like kind of negative on the fans who like ran him out. Because like mm-hmm. he said he'll he said he was willing to stay here if we wanted him and then nobody wanted him. So we left. <laughs> like that's that's how it happened. But but why didn't anybody want him? Um it was you know, it was he, personality he, things. Like all right, so so you make the comment that he thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the room. And I think, I think that's totally true. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving actually strikes me as the type of guy. Cause I remember hearing him talking about like the different levels of a genius. Cause he's considered like a, an athletic genius, a basketball genius. And that was something that I think I learned back in like middle school or high school and told everybody once I found out about it. Cause I thought it was a pretty cool <laughs> concept. Kyrie Irving, in person like he spent one year at duke and i i'm not saying that you need to spend all four years in college unless you're like peyton pritchard or something like that but it, it could have <laughs> could have helped him in the long run or the short term and uh it, he just he strikes me as the type of guy who as soon as he learns something new he thinks nobody else knows it and he has to mm-hmm. tell him. 
but his ability to play basketball is unbelievable. Right. And that's what I've kind of always looked at it as is like, I'm willing to take the craziness to also see the, like I've never had more fun watching basketball than watching Kyrie play. Mm -hmm. He he just plays at a different level than I think a lot of the players have in Boston. Like, obviously you have your, your big three guys, like you're, you have your hall of famers, but like, I think Kyrie is, is on that level. Like the, and for it's been so many years since we've seen that elite level talent and you had it and you, you let it go. And now you're stuck with Kemba Walker. Like that was your, that was your, Mm. your change. And he's another point guard with knee problems, the third one in a row. And like, you're not in that much better of a position, like the one player swap. I thought it was, I thought it was weird, man, because I was seeing everything going down from a, from a third party perspective. And I was like, okay, Kyrie is one of the most skillful point guards, if not the most skilled point guard in the league. You guys were, I mean, Jason Tatum was, was growing. He was blossoming. I thought you guys really had it all. And so when I see like these off the court issues kind of happening, I'm like, yo, that's crazy because in the Bay area, we got Steph and Steph is like the model, both leader on and off the court. So it was weird for me to see that because I was like, well, at some point you have to make that decision. Are all those troubles worth it? Is it going to take you deep into the playoffs or is it better to just get a quiet guy like Kemba Walker and just kind of venture out somewhere else? Yeah. And I, and I think obviously bringing up Golden State as the example, and they're, they're probably the modern example of how to build a, a basketball dynasty in the mm-hmm. 21st century, you know, outside of, the super teams signing free agents and trading for, for players. I mean, they did sign Kevin Durant, but that's a different story, but nobody ever questions who that team belongs to. Everybody Mm -hmm. has always known it's Steph Curry's team. When Kyrie came into Boston, there were a lot of question marks on who the leader was going to be. That was the same exact off season that they had signed Gordon Hayward. Uh, They had drafted Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown had been there for a year. Marcus smart had been there for, I think like three years or something, but As far as building blocks go, I think Boston's always wanted to have that young core of players that they could have long term to build around similar to Golden State and not fall into the same, uh, maybe not mistakes, but the same thing that they did a decade ago when they brought in a bunch of older players and only had them in their prime for about, you know, two or three years before they got too old. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, Kyrie is he's definitely a, a topic. He'll always be a topic. He'll always be interesting. I certainly respect the things that he has to say though. I don't think that he's ever said anything that was uncalled for or out of bounds. You may not always agree with him, but you know, he's, he's coming from a place of, uh, he, he just, he wants to do well. He wants to be liked by everybody. Um, it's just a little, conflicted i would say it's the way that he says it i think for me because i I, as we look around the league there's a lot of outspoken players you know like steph curry again for example steph curry is usually on on um he's not shy to talk about certain issues draymond same way lebron the same way but they don't get viewed the same way that Kyrie does i think because of the way that they say it um but going back to boston and the celtics on the court i think what you guys were missing was a draymond someone that was that actual like veteran leadership Draymond's been playing like a veteran since like his second year we don't need Draymond Mike we got Semi Ojale 
Yeah, oh. that's all. That's all we keep hearing. Oh man. <laughs> so, oh, man. so, so a, a few months ago, we were. I don't even remember how we got onto the topic, but we were talking about Semi Ojale, and I kept saying he's like got the same exact build as Draymond Green. I don't understand why he can't just play like him. And then I actually watched him in the postseason and realized, oh, he's very far away from being a <laughs> basketball player. Dray- Draymond's something else, man. I I love Draymond. Draymond's probably. Um, as an athlete myself, Draymond's probably the athlete that I resonate to the most. Yeah, I really swagger. Yeah, yeah. Even through all like the the hijinks and the nut kicking and yeah, everything. I don't kick. I don't. I don't kick nuts. <laughs> that that I don't do. I don't. I don't explain that one. But well, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> the fiery, the, the the passion that he has, the leadership mentality that he has. You know, he is not shy of guarding any player one through five. That's something that a lot of teams need. If you look at any of the dynasties, everybody had that. Yeah, so I think that's what I guess you guys were a little bit shy on. But the Warriors, man, that's interesting season so far. Yeah, so they've. Uh, I mean, last night Steph goes off for like 38 in in the fourth quarter, not 38 in the fourth quarter, but goes off for like a ton of points in the fourth quarter, scores 38 in the game. Are they going to be competitive for like a conference final appearance? Are we going to get old Warriors back even without Clay Thompson? I know James Wiseman's been pressing, you know, some people early on, uh, but do we have, is Steph like fully back 100% now? I think Steph has the green light for the first time in many years to jack up as much as he can because he takes a look around like uber is trash bro like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm over this i'm over this and so he has the green light for the first time in many years i just think the west is too deep yeah i just Good think point. the west is too deep you know you look at a team for example um like the pelicans on on paper the pelicans have a better roster than the warriors i think you know you Steph is obviously the better player in all both of those teams, right. but you look at the players that they have that, and that's just like one example. you got the Suns that are coming up this year too, one of the best teams in the league so far this season. Um, it just goes as far as Steph wants to take them. And if Ubre will learn how to fucking shoot the ball, man, like <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. Oh yeah. Never, I forgot he was on the Warriors. Yeah. So I totally forgot he, about him. He never, he never stepped up as the guy in Minnesota, right? He was arguably, as soon as Jimmy Butler got there, he went down to like third or fourth, right? you know? So the Warriors need a lot more than just that to make a playoff run, especially with the West being so deep. Steph could average 40 and they might still be eight or nine seed. And he, and even then, even if they do make the playoffs, it's a first round exit, dude. You know, you look at, the Lakers, the Clippers, the, you know, they're, he sounds like an East coast sports fan. <laughs> Almost right. You would like think. <laughs> the way you are so negative about your teams, like the outlook of everything. It you sounds like think. you're from Boston, New York or Philadelphia. No, but you know what? Steve Kurt doesn't get enough recognition as a coach. Um, I think that he's done a terrific job with the Warriors. I know a lot of people say like, Oh, Mark Jackson's built the foundation. He did. But at the same time, like that team and only made it out of the first round of the playoffs once. And then yeah. Steve Kerr gets there. He puts the finishing touches and it kind of blossoms to the best dynasty we've seen in our generation. So I'm very curious to see how he's going to evolve throughout the course of the season and how those new players are going to uh, to evolve. But I think ultimately it, it comes down to the West just being too deep. There's just yeah. too many good teams. You know, in the East, you could have a losing record and make the playoffs. We've seen that before. In the West, you have to win. Sometimes you, you win 50 games and you, you're like lower seed. 
So I, it's it's tricky. It's tricky. It also doesn't help when you're just a few weeks out of the season and your your shooting guard coming back from one injury injures himself again for another year. Man, let me tell you, man, that was the saddest thing. Uh, that was the saddest news I had heard like all year. That was the worst thing of 2020 for me. <laughs> 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 that was so disappointing, man, because I, I think universally we, we, we love clay. I don't know a single person that doesn't like clay. And so to see him just the two worst injuries that you can get as, a, as an athlete, just back to back, it's tragic, man. It's tragic. It's tough too. Cause he's always been a guy for me. Like if, if I could take anybody from any other team right now and put them on the Celtics, it's clay Thompson. Cause yes. I think that's exactly what a lot of teams yes. need. Yes. And, uh, if you put him on that roster, like that takes Kelly Oubre, puts him on the bench. Maybe that helps him out a little bit more. He can do whatever he wants to do away exactly. from the stars. Exactly. So that, that like the lead, the leading score in the second unit is such an important piece to any team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a, it, a lot of the times the star players have trouble kind of finding that, but you know, Mello found that with the Blazers too. You know, you find out that, you know, James Harden, when he started with the Thunder too, being that leading score of the second unit can be so influential. So maybe Ubre could have been that guy for the second unit. And now he's just tossed into the starting lineup. And so it, it's tough, man. You, you know, you get thrown into a new team and everything and he has pretty big shoes to fill with clay. But yeah. I guess we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, sticking out in the Bay area though, this was the, uh, the first, first season in a long, long time. There was a, uh, a, a lack of a black hole out in uh, out in Oakland with the Raiders yeah. moving to Las Vegas. So why don't you tell us a little bit how this season was uh, being out in the Bay area as a Raiders fan, having to root for a team that, you know, unfortunately moved away. The Las Vegas Raiders sounds terrible and I can't get my mind. to. I don't even <laughs> say Las Vegas Raiders. Like I'm so conditioned to saying Oakland Raiders. The same thing can be said for Washington too. Like mm-hmm. the number of times I've heard people, either call into the radio or host a radio st- a show and they're talking about Washington and they're like, Oh, the Washington Redskins, oh, the football team, Washington football team. Sorry. I almost called them the Redskins. It's like, you just did like, <laughs> that's kind of like the whole point is that you don't say it at all. But I think, I, I think in general though, there weren't fans this season anyway. So right. I think it kind of like helped the transition. And when you watch the games on TV, the stadium looks nice. It's a brand new stadium it looks sick. I'm happy for the team. However, this season was a roller coaster ride. And yeah. it's, dude, being a Raiders fan is one of the most stressful fan bases that you could, you could have in sports, bro. Because not only can they perform, they, I mean, we go from beating the Chiefs one week to losing four out of five to end the season. And we, we talked about this on our, beers by the bay podcast at the beginning of the season we were expecting a playoff run not just because of the team that we were but because of the schedule that we had and that was the biggest thing for us that we had the beginning of the season we had a few difficult games but the last like five six games were definitely winnable i predicted 10 wins for this season minimum so you know last season we weren't expected to do anything it was kind of like a recovery year and, you know, we got kind of close. It was – we came down to the last game of the season. A lot of things had to happen. Obviously, it didn't happen. But um, the the last season when we lost to the Jets, that kind of took our wheels out. You know, we were kind of rolling, and then we lost to the Jets. We didn't know how to bounce back, and we just went downhill. 
Similarly, this year, when we lost to the Falcons, a game that we should not have lost, that's when kind of things just started going out of spiral. Mike, did you bet that game? Uh, every game that the Falcons have ever played, I've bet and lost. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that the, the Falcons that was a that was one of the winnable games. You know, right. it, it's hard to wrap your head around following a team that can beat the best team in the NFL and you know keep it very close the second game, but yet we lose to the Falcons. You know yeah. what I mean? The, the Falcons have been the joke of the season this year, mm-hmm. yep. and we got blown out. So. It, it, it's hard. You know, I was, I was really high on the Raiders roster going into the season. I looked at the AFC West as being one of the more challenging divisions in the entire national football league because nobody's going to topple Kansas city. Like I would, I am getting to the point where if you're having the conversation, Kansas city or the field, I would lean towards picking Kansas city to win the championship this year again. Like there's just, I don't see anybody stopping them. Denver obviously got better uh, this year. Drew Locke looks to be a little bit more improved, although I'm not sure if they're going to stick with him or try and uh, you know get a different quarterback this offseason, whether it's in the draft or through free agency. The biggest surprise for me was the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Derwin James went down early in the season, um, and they struggled with injuries, and their special teams unit was just god-awful. <laughs> but to only win, what was it, four games, five games total? That was the biggest surprise for me. I looked at the Chargers as being one of these, you know, double-digit win teams, kind of like Indianapolis. I looked at their abilities, their rosters, their, you know, pedigrees, so to speak, as being almost identical. Yeah. Except for the quarterback position because you had Rivers going to Indy and in L.A. you had no idea who was going to play, but – I think they yeah, got their Chargers, guy in Herbert. The Chargers are always a wild card. And that's something that um, that I've just had to see over the course of the years. Like the Chargers could either be really good or really bad. So you never really know. And they could flip flop between games. They could play a really great game and they could, they could play really bad games. So when I'm looking at our divisional rivals, I think it's hard to say because We've, we, we play the Chargers a lot more than most of the league. But yep. I think if there's a team that the Chiefs fear playing, it's the Raiders. Mm-hmm. We, we, we got their number. You know, oh, yeah. they may be more talented in certain areas, and our defense is our defense. But we can still give them a run for their money. So what, was, what were your reaction, or what was your reaction, after the win in Kansas City, and then you hear about this like parade that happens outside Arrowhead that may have been the extra motivation for Kansas city to pull out the win in the, uh, in the rematch this year. I love it. <laughs> it's good. Love it's it. good. Yeah. I Three words. It. That's it. <laughs> I love it. If you, if, if you get mad at your opponent celebrating after, a, after a win, don't lose. Well, that's what happened. They didn't it's, lose the second time. <laughs> that's it. You know what? Hey, but fair play to them too, because if, if, if I was on the other side of that too, I would be just as mad and I would want nothing else but to go out and smack that other team. It, it's a competition, bro. Like it, it's what it is. Right. And if you can't take the heat, you got to get out the kitchen. Get out. You know what I mean? Like, so I love that, bro. Like it's no secret that we, we don't like the chiefs They're divisional rivals, you know? So yeah, we just beat the super bowl champions. We're going to fucking celebrate. You know what I mean? 
I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I, I like smack talk. You just got to be able to back it up. Exactly. Just got to be able to back it up. Exactly. Mike, did you hear the news about uh, Deshaun Watson being unhappy in Houston? I heard it. And I may have started that rumor because I, I, I'm trying to get him here. I've been trying to get him here for, for years. The number of photoshops I saw on social media between like Twitter and Instagram of Deshaun Watson in literally every NFL jersey in the league <laughs> was insane. Everybody wants him. And I don't know if he's going to become available, but uh, Martin, tell us what you think is going to be going on in, in I was going to say Oakland again in oh, Vegas with uh, with Derek Carr. I know that there have been some talk over the past couple of seasons about whether or not the Raiders want to stick with him, whether or not he's a, a guy that Gruden kind of wants to attach himself to. I know he was owed a lot of money, and now I think those guarantees have kind of gone down. So if they were to move on from him, I'm sure there wouldn't be as much of a cap penalty as if they uh, had done so in previous years. But Let's just say, hypothetically, Deshaun Watson is not playing on the Houston Texans next year. Mm -hmm. Where could you see him going? I'd rather see him on the Niners than on the Raiders. I'd rather see him on the Niners or the Patriots than the Raiders. Um, Especially the Patriots. You guys need a quarterback, and you need him bad. And so I have heard Wait, 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 wait. Hold hold on, hold on, hold on. So you would rather see Deshaun Watson on – a team that's not Oakland or not the Raiders because you want to keep Derek Carr. So I was going to get into that. All right. I was going to get into that. Okay. Look, Derek Carr is not the problem right now. Anybody that has watched the Raiders this season can tell you that the man balled out the season career high in numerous different strategies. This year, he added the long ball to his game. If we get Henry Ruggs more involved, that could be deadly. You know, I think we didn't get him involved as much as we could. Derek Carr doesn't get the respect from the NFL and from the fan base that he deserves. You look at this, you look at these games, dude. You know the reason why we lost? Because our defense is terrible. Mm-hmm. Us three, we can go in right now. We could play better defense than our defense did a lot of those. <laughs> third down. I can give you a third. You know what I mean? Those third it. downs are terrible. They're stressful. So we're putting up all these points. Our offense is one of the it's one of the best offenses that I've seen the Raiders have in the last few years. And everybody keeps going back to 2016 and that run that we had. And that run was amazing because most of it was, you know, those comeback games that we had, those like shootouts that we had and we lo- we won in like the last few minutes. And yeah, those were memorable. But Derek Carr has evolved so much more from that year. And a lot of people keep that nostalgia. But Derek Carr has had this year. He's way better than he was 2016. He reads the game a lot more. He's a better leader at this point. He's added. Now we have a run game to that, too. So I don't think I don't think he's the issue. I think we have found our quarterback. I think Gruden has found his quarterback, too. I think we need to step up our defense, defense, D-E-F-E-N-S-E, defense. So are you, are you looking at more front seven or secondary? Secondary. secondary. So, who do they, so who do they have in there? So I know they've got Abram. Like Mike and I, we're, we're, I still like Jonathan Abram a lot. Me too. I think that he's, uh, I think he's a player. Me too. I'm drawing a blank on everybody else, though. 
See, that's that's another issue that we had this season. We had we had injuries, we had COVID, so we were never able to really play with our best players on the field. So they've been kind of rotating. No one has really stood out as the undeniable starter in the in the defense. So we're looking. Richard Sherman doesn't continue with the Niners. He can hop on over and bringing in that leadership that we need on that secondary. Sure. You know what I mean? So I'd rather make those type of moves than bring in a, a, a brand new quarterback that's for the jersey sales and for all that because we, we don't need that, you know? I think Derek Carr is easily top 10 quarterback this year. Um, and I think we just got to keep going because if we keep – this is third year under Gruden – Derek Carr has finally understood the Gruden system a lot more. Last season, he was slowly into it. He understands it now. We understand the 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 the, the play calls and everything. So if we bring in a new quarterback, we just have to hit zero all over again, and we have to refresh all over again. And it's like we're taking steps forward just to take a step back. You know what I mean? And so you guys saw it this season. You bring in a new quarterback, and he has to adapt to the team, and that takes time. And we already took those steps forward, you know, like, why do we want to reset? So I think we're on the, I think we beat ourselves this year. It was, we're not in the playoff. We're not playing this weekend because of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think if we fix the few things that we need to fix, we're going to be all right. I think that's a good way of looking at things. It's not panicking. It's not, you know, trying to fix something that's not broken. If you can identify what's wrong with your franchise or, just your roster in general and you can limit it to one side of the ball so in this case it's defense mm-hmm. and you can really focus on the secondary yeah i mean deshaun watson might be available and he may be a better quarterback than Derek carr but for what you would have to give up to get him exactly. are you making your team better or worse because you're not addressing the problem that needs to be addressed because that would have to be picks involved too yeah and so you know we love the picks clearly (laughs) Clearly. and building up this defense building up this defense was kind of like a uh, that was the whole point of of trading khalil mack is that you could Mm -hmm. get that that money coming from one guy disperse it out to more draft picks or or even even better free uh, free agents that you could bring in just so you're not focusing on one thing because you're looking at him in chicago right now and i mean the guy's being double teamed triple teamed every time like eventually that doesn't help you. It may help the other players get get their their numbers up, but you don't you don't hear about Khalil Mack as much as you used to um, when he was with Oakland. And then you make that trade, you're able to bring in some guys with those picks. You kind you 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 kind of ignored that the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's really where they've struggled. Like you can't have guys like Trayvon Mullen and Daryl Worley being like your top two cornerbacks. Like oh, it's real- not gonna happen. Did you guys know that Namdi Asamoah was like an actor now? No way. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. He's like a legit actor. Like movies? Yes. <laughs> Look up his Wikipedia when you get an opportunity. And the first thing that pops up is that he's like an actor and an artist. And then like underneath it says, oh, and he was also a football player. Oh, and he also <laughs> played in the NFL. Yeah. Also, he was part of the, the, uh, the greatest team of all time, that Eagles team that did nothing. People forget he eats lunch alone in his car. 
people people do forget that i'll, I'll, I'll say that i'm right sorry now. for interrupting but i just no that was great that i was, was well i, I was trying that. to remember any like anybody outside of charles woodson that i could name from the raiders secondary and i was like yeah they really haven't had a good cornerback since him or awesome law and then i was like oh fuck i forgot awesome was like years ago yeah more if not yeah it's it's been tough tough sledding around that secondary and like we said to start this off like i'm i'm a pretty big fan of jonathan abrams i like lamarcus mm-hmm. joiner like you have some players there and even guys like max crosby when he gets when he steps up like you have some players on defense but it hasn't really all been put together Exactly. And I, I'd love to see Ray, uh, Gruden take that next step with, with the defense because, I mean, we're three years in. He's gotten – the team's gotten better every year. Mm-hmm. People clowned that that contract, the 10-year, $100 million contract, and now we're hearing all sorts of things. I know out here we heard this week that there was a report that uh, Bill Belichick is making close to $25 million a year. Yeah. So when you, when you take that, that contract for Gruden – and, and you see what he's doing with this team with probably not all of the resources that they have here um, that it, it's been, it's been pretty impressive for him. And I, I think they, they deserve a lot more credit than they've been getting. Cause that team has been kind of a favorite, like it's weird to say a favorite dark horse, but I feel like a lot of people have picked them to be like a, a team that comes out and surprises a lot of people. Yeah. And our division gets tough every year, man. I mean, people don't, seem to realize in the early 2000s we had the chargers winning the division almost every mm-hmm. year then peyton manning and the broncos kind of took over for a few years and almost right after the patrick well actually the alex smith then patrick mahomes chiefs kind of took over so we always have a contending team like a really good contending team in our division and again the chargers even when they're not actively competing they're still a borderline playoff team it's still a tricky team mm-hmm. going to denver to play is always tricky so those are very difficult games. Do you think of how many times you could have made the playoffs if we were in the NFC East? Right. <laughs> or the <Yeah>. AFC East. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's um it's tough, but you see the the impact from Gruden. You see the changes that he's been making. You see the players that he's brought on. Like Josh Jacobs was one of the first guys that he drafted too. Mm-hmm. So we're we're building the pieces, but again, it's gonna take a little bit of time defensively, like fill in a few holes. But I think the biggest thing is to bring in some leadership, some veteran leadership, the same way that we brought um, Jason Witten yep. on our offense, just kind of the same way, even if they're not getting a lot of reps, but at least kind of bring in that veteran leadership into the defense. Cause sometimes man, the, the tackling is just like, I, I don't even know what, I, I don't even know where to start. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot, Abram's the same way. Like he hits hard, sometimes he overcommits to those mm-hmm. tackles. So sometimes like he'll fly into this tackle and then they'll just like evade him and like run the other way, <laughs> which is like, you know, I love it. I love it. But the defense is going to take a little bit. Our offense is starting to produce, but our defense just needs to catch up. It, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just a matter of time. I think. Martin, we're up against it, but uh, I wanted to thank you for coming on with us and, and spending some time talking about the, uh, the West coast and Bay area sports. Uh, but before we let you go, uh, just because we are able to at least pre-record this ahead of time mm-hmm. where we're not too far along in the NFL playoffs, I want a prediction who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, man, Raider fans are going to hate me, but I think anybody that's watched the NFL 
Chiefs. It's yeah. It's the Chiefs. I mean, are you going to really hold Patrick Mahomes down for four quarters? Are you really? Because it's tough to I do. Think, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I think it's the Chiefs. Um, we mentioned it earlier in our show. I actually have the Chiefs Bucks in the Super Bowl. That would be a great matchup. I, would I don't I would like betting against off. Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, smart. <laughs> that's a good way to. That's a good way to go. Uh, yeah, I would. Love, I would love to see that matchup. Like, yeah. If if you if you're if you're like a it's it's interesting to look at Patrick Mahomes so far, um, like his trajectory, and I think it's kind of similar to how quickly like Steph Curry rose up. Mm-hmm. Not not to like Patrick Mahomes did it like his first year. Um, his first year starting Steph Curry, it was, it was a little slow to start. And then he immediately mm-hmm. bounced up to superstar level. And it's like, people started to hate the warriors even before they got Kevin Durant. So I wonder how long that's going to take for people to start hating a team like the chiefs. I've always they, hated the if chiefs. They, if they continue to win, well, that, that that's fair. <laughs> a division rival. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I wonder like nationally, like do people, do people really, hate winners so much that they're going to start hating Patrick Mahomes who hasn't really done anything like hateable yet at least as far as I've seen I think the hatred with the Warriors came with Durant I think before yeah. Durant, nobody had an issue with them so unless they magically add like an elite receiver or well, I mean they do have elite receivers but <laughs> unless they like add someone like that I think I don't think it'll be the same our team this has been awesome uh, once again, for the listeners, if you could just let us know where we can reach you on your socials, any shows that you're on, we want to oh, spread man. the word. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at underscore Tincho sports, Twitter, Tincho sports. Uh, we got beards by the Bay podcast on all streaming sites. We got Tincho in the morning on Instagram, YouTube, follow my YouTube channel too, Tincho sports. Thanks for having me guys. I'm a big fan of the, of the show. I've been listening to since the first episode. Glad to be on. Appreciate it. My team, you, man. All right, Mike, I had so much fun talking to Martine and getting a different perspective on just like the things that we've been talking about, whether it's, you know, basketball, football, or just anything on the West Coast. I've never, I've never been to the West Coast before. Mm -hmm. So getting his perspective was kind of nice. I like this idea. I like it. It's kind of like a third man in type thing, just keeps things fresh and and new and original. And like I said, people get to hear a different voice than us. Yeah, as long as you don't get to hear me say the same things every week, reiterating those exact same points, I'm trying to hammer home into everybody's heads. Um, that's a it's a great thing for everybody it's else. So. It's it's a it's a positive. So I figured uh, I know somebody who is also a sports fan and is full of takes, mm. and uh, he's actually somebody that we both know. Andrew, I know Andrew. He was one of my bosses at uh, Pure Hockey. You know Andrew from your time working at Nike. Correct. Andrew is Andrew. You're a Packers fan, a Mets fan, a, uh, a fan of the Knicks, and hockey. We're kind of all over the place. Is it still Vegas, or w- w- what are we doing now? I mean, hi guys. It, it, well, you know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> it took a miracle to get you guys together in a couple of years, but this is amazing. Good, good stuff, guys. I, I, I appreciate being on and love listening to you guys every week. I appreciate it. Happy to oh, have happy you here. Thank you. Uh, I mean, Vegas is I was born there, man. So them getting the team, that was like, you know, the big thing. I mean, college is a big sport 
you know, in, in Vegas and, you know, with getting a hockey team first and them going and winning the Stanley Cup right off the bat. I mean, wow. And then obviously you got the Raiders going in, you know, do I hear NBA coming? No, WNBA first, probably WNBA, but it's coming. WNBA. Yeah. We'll get there. Well, UNLV is pretty significant out in Vegas. Like, cause I was never a big college sports fan or follower until probably this season with football and basketball. And I was not familiar with how successful UNLV is, but like all their facilities are, they're already out there. There's events that happen in Vegas, what they did with the golden Knights and the season that the Raiders had, obviously no fans were allowed, but I would say that Vegas is going to be one of those destinations for either expansion teams or teams that are looking to relocate for a good amount of time now, at least the next decade. It's a, it's a good spot to go to. I don't, much. Think, I don't think you have to pay, get income taxed in Vegas either. I'm not super familiar with the tax breakdown of uh, Vegas citizens, but I do know that, I mean, if you're looking at United States cities, it's like Seattle back for basketball and Vegas. Like those are your, those are your two best options. So I'm, I'm glad to see them. I'm not sure how much the home fans will, will play an impact. I, I, I do foresee like a lot of people wanting to go there. Oh, like we're going to Vegas. Let's catch a game while we're there. Oh, like our team's going to go play in Vegas. Let's go, let's go travel there. But they they've shown so far in their in their short time with with the NHL and their fandom of the the Raiders although they haven't had a, game, a home game there yet with with fans that they're a pretty passionate fan base so I'm really excited to see what they can do with the the rest of the leagues as well guys what's crazy take a second and think look, look what's been going on the last you know year now you know with this you know wonderful COVID thing that's going on right oh the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going on. So, right. Twenty twenty one. Joe Biden won. Wait. Why is it still going on? Anyways, <laughs> all three sports seem to be aligning schedules. Like, isn't that crazy? So, if you were going to Vegas and you're trying to get your internationals coming in with the Chinese New Year and your other locals visiting during the holidays, it's funny that all these sports teams you could probably go see all three like a Vegas showing. Like, it's a good point. I think it's just interesting that these new schedules are kind of you know aligning mm-hmm. all together because it's a good point. Yeah. In, in in in, I guess this the scheduler's defense, you could make the argument that football, basketball, and hockey have a large portion of the season that share time together. But it was unique what happened this year in like August and September, where you were definitely September. You were literally playing hockey, basketball, football, and baseball, all meaningful games, all at the same time. And that's never happened before. I think there was a, a statistic saying that this was the first time in decades that there was a day where all four major North American sports, maybe even all five, because I think they threw the MLS in there, were playing a game on the same day. It's pretty crazy. I think that was like a Friday night on ESPN. I think I saw that. that. Yeah. I also could be making it up, but I'm thinking that it happened. You do tend to I mean, all the commissioners... I mean, all the commissioners would want that, so, you know. <laughs> no, I think that they would probably want to stack the seasons, wouldn't they? Because then you're not limiting the amount of viewers that, like, college football versus the NFL. The reason that you see NFL games on Saturdays are because college games either are not being played that day because it's the end of the regular season or the entire season's over. Uh, oh. Sir, it's called the Las Vegas TV Network, you know, similar to your MSG where, you know, for a nice sixty nine ninety five a month, 
you can get all of your Vegas sports teams on one Holy station. Shit. Is that how much cable is? This is what people are paying. Set like I mean, 70 bucks a month. You cut the cord. I mean, what, what's the ECC? What, what's the ECC costing you network now? What is, I mean, everybody's got their own. I just, I get, I go with, first of all, I don't pay the bill. Second of all, <laughs> I just go with the sports package. Like, I think I wasn't supposed to get red zone this year, which kind of sucked. But at the same time, it's like, all right, now I actually have to watch full football games. Oh, well, I guess it'll be like the stone ages again. Oh, you mean when the Patriots stink and you still get to watch them every Sunday? Boo hoo. I mean, God, teardrops. This is, I mean, right. sometimes I'd rather what? I'd rather not. Let's, let's transition then. Cause we're, we're starting off wildcard weekend uh, today. The, the, we're pre-recording on Saturday. The, the Colts and the bills have already played. Philip Rivers, uh, one of the more, I don't know, what's the word for fourth quarter performance? Philip Rivers stuff. Bad. One of the one of the more poor performers in the fourth quarter when things matter the most. Uh, Philip Rivers once again fails, loses to Buffalo 27-24. But uh, Adrian, like we were saying before, you're a Packers fan, and Green Bay has the number one seed in the NFC. We're going to be seeing uh, Washington and Tampa tonight. And then tomorrow we're going to get Chicago, New Orleans. And right now we're watching the Rams and the Seahawks run towards each other because nobody wants to pass the ball in this game. Uh, What are your thoughts for Green Bay over the next few weeks? I don't think Aaron Rodgers has played a home game in the NFC championship in his career. If I'm not correct. mistaken. No, you're correct. So all he has to do is win one game and he'll get that second home game for the NFC championship. But as a Packers fan, what, what are you expecting? So as you both know, I like to play a devil's advocate with conversation. No. So, you know, the people listening, you know, you'll get, I'll give you both takes. Obviously being the green Bay Packer fan that I am, um, a lot of people out there don't know, um, Aaron Rodgers is amazing. He's no Brett Favre. Um, But yes, MVP of the season. I mean, absolutely lights out. Matt LaFleur got to be coach of the year. I'm sorry. 26 and you're 26 and six in two years. Anyways, coach of the year or coach of the years. No coach of the year right now this year again. I don't know if I would give him coach of the year. You missed, you had, you had Devontae Adams out multiple games. You had Aaron Jones out multiple games. You had your stars out multiple games. The linemen out most of the game. You lost Bakhtiari the last two games of the season. Guess what? He still had the MVP all ball. year. Oh, because he's the MVP. Right. Yeah, he's the greatest football player to play the game right now. So I, so I, I would still say Mahomes is probably a better player, but Rodgers certainly had the better season. And I'm excited to see what the season. The State Farm commercials don't cut that down the middle for you. I mean, clearly you can tell the difference. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, no, I'm pumped. Uh, home game. Chris Paul. I hope it snows. Hope it snows. Aaron Rodgers is like 40 and one in the snow. So you know, let's let's go. Um, is there is there any team that would make you nervous if they? It, it is Tampa Bay. To, to be honest, okay. I mean, I, I I cannot say it's not Tampa Bay. It was our worst performance of the season by far. Um, only pick six of like Aaron Rodgers last decade. Um, they're scary. I mean, on defense and on offense, I mean, they're, they're when, when they play top notch football, they are very hard to keep up with. Yeah. We'll so see what let's it. go we'll Washington see. football club. Yeah. Football team. 
Mike, are you an Aaron Rodgers guy or a Brett Favre guy? Uh, I think Brett Favre is one of the most overrated athletes in maybe the history of sports. All right. Yeah, I think you said that week too. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Because this is this is something that I was totally off the reservation for uh, years ago when you first, Andrew, when you first told me that you preferred Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, Aaron Rodgers is a much better quarterback. He's going to have better numbers. He wins more games. He's a better thrower of the ball. He turns the ball over less. And then I started to realize, ooh, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a D-bag. And I don't think his teammates really like him that much all the time. And he's kind of going to throw people under the bus. Like Brett Favre was just looking to crack a couple of Bud Heavies, toss the pigskin around for like 400 yards and call it a day. Like There was no drama with that guy. Yeah, that man loved football. And I, that's really the reason why I, I really love that guy. I uh, remember the Packers didn't draft him. They traded for him from Atlanta. Um, and that man just loved football. I mean, remember, I mean, he would lose family members, you know, RIP. And the best numbers a football player could ever have in the moment of tragedy. Yeah. You know, yeah. That Monday, that Monday night fans. performance. Oh, the, God. The one where he lost his father. Five yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. You know, his brother-in-law killed himself on the four, four-wheeler. I think that was like a Thursday night game or a Sunday night game, too. Crazy numbers. Like, he, like he intentionally killed himself on a four-wheeler? No, no, I think or... he was driving a four-by-four four off of his property because I know Brett Favre owns like half of Mississippi. And I think <laughs> a four-wheeler flipped over or something. It was a four-wheeler accident. I was going to say, because it seems like a strange thing to do if you're going to off yourself by doing it with a four-wheeler. So it makes more sense that it was an accident and not, not yeah. intentional. And it was like two hours before the game, and it was like, it, it, is he going to play? He came out of the tunnel, like, you know, like it was like, you know, the savior. And just, All right, know, well, he, Aaron Rodgers has dated Olivia Munn and Danica Patrick. Point, negative point, but okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's got something in his corner that Brett Favre doesn't. Mike, why do you, why would you say that Brett Favre is one of the more overrated quarterbacks of all time? It's just got to be the turnovers for me. Like that's that's what separates the two completely. Like, if you look at, I think Rodgers is in his, is his 16th season right now. Uh, like, yeah. Drafted in 05. Yeah. yeah. So, 16. so 16 seasons. Obviously, he didn't start all of those seasons. Um, but you look at those numbers. Like Brett Favre in his 16 years in Green Bay had 200 more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers does at this point. Like he was a risk taker, and that's what made watching him so fun. But like when you think about best quarterback, best throwers, whatever you want to term it as, I just think that Aaron Rodgers is overall better at the position. Brett Favre more fun to watch. More would I rather hang out at a bar with Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? Not close. But when it comes to the position, I think I just think it's got to be Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Like the, those numbers, the turnovers, not not just the interceptions, the fumbles, the way he played the game. It was just it was more dangerous and it led to a lot of turnovers. It led to a lot of success at the same time. It, it, I just think that in a certain situation, in, in most situations, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. Like you'd put more faith into Rodgers ability to like pull off a game winning drive than Favre. Right. And I've also, I've also seen Rodgers work with not the best talent all this time. And I, I don't, I, I, I don't sorry. See, this is something that started to bother me recently, like within the last week or so about, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, he did throw the ball to like James Jones, who was a pretty good receiver. Yeah. He also had Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. 
Now he's got Devontae Adams. I mean, sure. Is he throwing the ball to like Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans all, all the day long? Like, no, that's not happening. But he's had good players to catch the ball from him over his career in, in Green Bay. But it's not like any of these other top quarterbacks of all time where you think about like, and this feels weird defending Aaron Rodgers. I actually don't like this at all. Um, if you think of other quarterbacks at, at points in their careers, Tom Brady had Randy Moss, like a top five wide receiver. Like in, two years. Yeah, but it, think think about it. Like in in a certain amount of time, nobody Aaron Rodgers hasn't had like a top five weapon in the league at at one point. Like Devontae Adams has been the first time. Aaron that, Jones. It. You talking about? No, I mean, for like pass catcher, I wouldn't say Aaron. Like Aaron wrote, Aaron Jones is definitely a top five running back in the league, but the. So go back, hold on, go back three years when, you know, the wonderful head coach of Dallas was his head coach. How many catches did Aaron Jones have that season? Didn't even want to play Aaron Jones. Okay. Now look at Matt LaFleur with Aaron Jones and tell me the difference. I just think Aaron Aaron Jones is kind of I, I like I don't I wouldn't put him top five in the league right now. Oh, if Michael if Michael Thomas was playing for the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara would not have the shine that he has. Is Alvin Kamara a fantastic football player? Absolutely, but the same situation with going. Look at the games that Devontae Adams did not play. Tell me the numbers that Aaron Jones had exactly. If he was on your fantasy team, which sounds like Bitter Mike did not have him on his fantasy team, sure, uh, yeah, he was. He was putting up 40 points, just like Alvin Kamara was. So I lost in the championship of my fantasy league. The guy had Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And I had all three. So we know how that turned out. So yeah. it works out good taking those two. I mean, so, they have a good team this year. I, I won't I won't put it past like I won't. No, no, say absolutely. And on the other side of it, yes. Rodgers is by far the better quarterback, 100 mm-hmm. percent The efficiency rate, what he does, how he does. And being able to actually learn under how him and Brett Favre's relationship was from the stories, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm not taking that away. I just love Brett because that that smile, that just like you said, I mean, he's just the guy you want to hate. Like, go run to the Ford, take a left, and the ball's going to be there at 150 miles an hour. Like, he was just that guy. I need a block, sacrificing the body. It's like you're a hundred million dollar quarterback. What are you? What are you doing? Um, he, just, yeah. Has, but uh, you know Aaron what? Rodgers is by far superior. Has Brett Favre ever been photographed wearing a suit? No, I don't even think on draft day he had a suit. I think he had a goddamn t-shirt well, he was and a definitely, John Deere hat on. He was definitely <laughs> wearing gym shorts, but I don't think I've ever seen him in a suit. Because I was originally going to say I've never seen him wearing sleeves off the football field, but now I'm taking it a step further. Like even if he showed up to a Super Bowl, like you're supposed to wear a suit or no, I think even attire, the, right? um, when he got his Hall of Fame jacket i think he only wears that with a white shirt he never wears I, that's the only thing i think see him in a blazer. <laughs> um andrew one of the things that we talked about with um with martin in, in the uh, the first segment today was this news about deshaun watson deshaun watson i guess is unhappy with the houston texans organization i don't blame him i actually think that organization is a disaster uh, I don't know why he signed the contract extension that he did other than to make all the money, which I guess you can't really blame him for that, but know what you're getting yourself into over the past five to 10 years. The Houston Texans have essentially tried to become the new England Patriots South. They hired Bill O'Brien to not only be their coach, but also their general manager, former Patriot. Then Romeo Cornell took over as the interim coach, former Patriot. There's a guy by the name of Jack Easterby. 
Are you familiar with Jack Easterby, Andrew? Um, only from hearing your guys' conversations over the last couple of weeks. Jack Easterby makes is uh Mike, how would you describe Jack Easterby? Andrew, have you ever, have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Yes, I'm, I don't know. I, I've, I've heard all your guys' yep. analogies. I've heard everything over the last couple of weeks. Oh, I he, got it. Oh, I got it. He yeah. slithers his way into any position, gets close to the guys who make the decisions, and then backdoors them. Themselves. Yeah, your little finger, I, I your little finger comparison. I got it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how it works. Yeah. So Easterby is like in control, but he's not. And now they've brought in another former member of the Patriots staff, Nick Casario, to run the operation. Deshaun Watson's like, I've had enough of this. I'm not, I'm not going through this bullshit again. So let's say Deshaun Watson is available for a fair price. What would you be willing to give up as a franchise, just a neutral franchise in a vacuum to acquire Deshaun Watson? So um, we've had this conversation, obviously, off the air at a few lunches over the last couple of weeks. Um, oh, and yeah, you guys talk about this. eating five guys, are you? No, I did not. No, no, it was too early. Sorry, guys. You didn't want to risk spilling the fries. Yeah. You know, Nick Mar has an issue with spilling coffees and fries and other fast food objects. <laughs> I need I need caps on my drinks. Now. <laughs> do we even leave? Do we leave that in the last episode? <laughs> um, I heard I the splash. Some, I heard left the... some of it in. Yeah. But I had to cut some of the other stuff. It was a debacle. Yeah. <laughs> it stained um, my wall. So, with the rumors going into earlier this season before he signed the extension with, you know, Bill Belichick being really high on him, um, having all the cap space in the world um, before he signed the extension, you know, I really kind of got on board being like, I think this would be a very smart move for the New England Patriots before he signed that extension. After he signed the extension and he still were going haywire with getting rid of players, J.J. Watt saying, get me the hell out of here. Um, which absolutely shocked me because to me, he is that face of that franchise, that community. He is Houston. Yeah. What that man does and the money that he raises for the causes and just gets people on board. Like, sorry, he's like a lifey. I don't know how you make that man unhappy, but um, I kind of told you like $140 million right now in the next two years, that's kind of a steal. I think with what the projections and what's going on with, with quarterbacks right now. So I think if you're New England, I think it's a really good fit. I mean, I don't know if you end up trading Stidham or whatever package works out, um, but I think with the money of bringing him in, like you guys talked about the last couple of weeks, if Billy's going to go all in with the money, I think he's maybe the guy I think I really go after. I mean, talk about Sam Donald, Carson Wentz, any of these other guys that might be available for trades or even the money value for what, what you're getting, but if you're looking for a guy who's going to run, and again, this is around for what, even if you run the same offense that Tam just run, I think you're getting those other two games and you're nine and seven versus seven and nine. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely getting better play from the quarterback position by upgrading to Deshaun Watson over Cam Newton. The only thing I wouldn't necessarily be quick to say like, Oh yeah, there's no problem with that move is if they gave up multiple first round picks. And I heard on the radio on local radio, this week that the the drafting for the Patriots has not been good over the last several seasons. Mm -hmm. So if you're giving up like two firsts, two seconds, who are you really giving up? You're giving up like Sony, Michelle, Isaiah, Wynn, Joe, Juwan Williams, and Chase Winovich or something like that for Deshaun Watson. Like I'd make that deal. There's just something about giving up the prospect of a player though. 
the idea that this player could be more than what we're getting in return. But look at what you're saying though, right now you're trading and you're giving Deshaun Watson, this type of money. You think you're wasting another year, two years of trying to build rookies around him with a hundred million dollars in cap space. No, that's a good point. It's a very good point. That's the only thing that I'm thinking, unless you know you're getting Devonta from Alabama or something like I I don't. (laughs) So I I have made the case that if you're going to try and get Watson, you should be looking to get rid of players off your roster primarily. Uh, Gilmore, I don't know if he's going to yield you the value of a first-round pick or a second-round pick, but that's a contract that's going to have to be restructured. It's someone who Casario is very familiar with, uh, you know, reigning defensive player of the year, if you want to continue to give him that credibility. And I guess you send them Jarrett Stidham. But other than that, you're looking, you're looking at picks. You're looking at probably the 15th overall pick. You're probably looking at a second round pick from this year, maybe a future third and definitely a future first. It's going to have to be, it will have to be a lot. It's going to have to be a lot, but I don't, you don't think go Belichick. But I don't think Watson's going to come to New England. I just I don't foresee that happening because of the poor experiences he's had in Houston, and those people are supposed to be bringing that Patriot way down south, and it just has not worked out. But they're also not Bill Belichick or Robert. Yeah, Kraft. The Patriot way is not being greedy, and those guys left New England to be greedy. Just saying. That's true. <laughs> true. Uh, I'm just, not a Patriots fan, as you all know. And if I'm defending Patriots Nation right now, there's got to be something obviously shiny still in the in the inner crust of that place. <laughs> I think Deshaun Watson, he's going to cost a ton. If you look at like some of the biggest trades over the last few off seasons, like Laramie Tunsil, that was two first round picks. Jalen Ramsey, two first round picks. Like, the, like you're gonna you're going to have to pay to get a guy of this of this stature. So I know he's already been paid, but like those guys also had to get paid pretty much immediately after those trades were made. So now you're looking at Deshaun Watson. Next few years, he's going to be making $40 million, and then it drops down to like 30 in like the last two, I think. What a bargain. If 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 the contracts keep going up with the way they are, like Josh Allen's going to be making 40, 50 million. All these guys are going to start jumping back up, and that's how that's how quarterback contracts work. If you get the, the deal signed early – it, it works out better for you in the long the long term. So I don't think the money should dissuade like to I don't think the money should stop them from making the trade. The trade the picks again same thing. I'm 100 percent on that on board with that. Like I would I give up Nikhil Harry and Isaiah Wynn um, and, and Duke Dawson for for Deshaun Watson like 100 times out of 100 like that. Mm. That trade's being done every time, but like you said, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's coming. He's coming to New England because I don't think Casario wants that to happen. I don't think Casario would send would send him back to New England. Set Belichick up with success with a quarterback that he knows they both know that Bill likes him. So I, I just don't don't see that happening. There are plenty of other options, plenty of other places for him to him to go. I know that they were saying he was mad that he didn't get to help in the GM search. And I heard some people talking about how that's ridiculous, how quarterbacks should have her say in that. Jared Goff had that say. Absolutely not. In the Rams. Jared Goff had that say with the Rams. I think he was a rookie when they made that call. <laughs> like, And was this when they brought in McVay? This, was, this would have been because I think Fisher was there for one year. Yeah. Yeah, this would have been the McVay and Les Snead, I think, is their GM. 
that that was that was around that time. So if you if you want a franchise quarterback and you want to keep him happy, there's precedent for for keeping these guys in in line with these decisions, at least having conversations. You don't want to you don't want to make a guy like this who we've all we've all seen the talent. He led the league in passing yards this year with weapons that I mean weren't great. Inconsistent steroids. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Whoa. I, who, who who's juicing? I'm sorry. Who? You think everybody, Watson's juice? Nah, right, everybody well. in the Texans organization because Brian Cushing can't stop himself. Is he? St- he's on the coaching staff now. I thought. Yes, he's on the coaching staff. He's pumping everybody up. That's the thing. I think he's the, he's the strength and conditioning coordinator. Yeah, of course he would be. <laughs> what a hardo that guy is. Yeah. But I I just think like Deshaun Watson like he, he's he's too talented. Any any asking price, I would pay it. I think the best trade for both teams is probably if Miami decides they're not going to stick with Tua. You say, Houston, we are going to give you your first round pick back, which is third overall. Mm-hmm. We are going to give you a quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa, and maybe they'll throw something else in there. That should get it done for Houston. Because now you can, you probably are going to end up getting the best non quarterback in the draft with the third overall pick. You still have a quarterback that you can build around. It might not be the guy, but you're getting him for nothing. And you don't have to commit to anything long-term. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that sounds like a perfect win-win situation for both teams. But you're not being snake enough, guys. <laughs> True. Okay, sorry. I mean, this is the New England Patriots. So you got to figure, right? So you have Gilmore, right? Gilmore is obviously being linked to either Detroit or Jacksonville. How do you say, how about screw the first rounder and you get two second rounders, two third rounders instead of the first or whatever it is you're getting for him. And the picks you just gave up for Watson, you're going to get right back with Gilmore. Yeah. I mean, that I think they should be using Gilmore to get pretty much anything that they can get for him this offseason. I would take the highest bidder right now. Take, take what you can get. He's not coming back. Make that trade. Build your team. Build your team up. I We talked about it last week where – I don't want to see them trading down. I don't want to see them making decisions that will help the team 10 years from now. Like I want, I want players now who are going to come in, make a difference that that doesn't have to be first rounders all over the place, but I want you to make the decision and, and really set this team up where we can be good for that stretch, but we start that process now. And, and Deshaun Watson, that, that would, that would be the best. I mean, I saw somebody today say that uh, of all the most valuable pieces for possible trades this offseason, if you had to organize them, and this isn't saying that Patrick Mahomes would be traded, but it would be Mahomes one, Deshaun Watson two, and Justin Herbert three, as far as tradable commodities. Um, I, I completely agree with that. Like Deshaun Watson's that good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a good way of ranking them. I, Herbert might be a little high at three. Just because we haven't seen a lot out of Joe Burrow, because mm-hmm. you know he got injured, um, but you also probably Harper for I Anthony to... Lynn being his head coach. I am sorry, I have to chime in, Mike. You're 100 percent right. The last couple of weeks, I mean, yes, you have some talent around him. Eckler missed like half the season, but mm-hmm. that kid was. Anybody who watched Hard Knocks and they played him off as being some Oregon hippie kid who smoked pot all day long to then going out there with a haircut. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, I just I'm sold, I'm sold on him right now. I think I would probably take Josh Allen over Justin Herbert. If we're saying oh, really? trade value oh. and we're going Mahomes, Watson, 
Herbert, I'd probably put Allen over Herbert. I think the reason that they had him in there as third, and I think I think it actually did have a parenthesis like explaining it, was because he's on his he's on his rookie deal and he has four more years at least on that True. deal. Yeah. Um, I guess my my biggest question, I guess, for Andrew now would be you have Aaron Rodgers. He is a potential MVP this year. He is the MVP. You're, you're in the playoffs, you're the first seed. And you drafted a quarterback last year, first round. Um, how are we feeling on that situation? Um, I think like most other people that watched that draft that night, um, seeing the talent that you have, knowing that Devontae Adams was turning into what he was turning into, um, Aaron Jones um, kind of emerging with Matt LaFleur's scheme as well. Um, of course you wanted – I mean, look at the wide receivers that you talked about last week and the last two weeks. I mean – Jefferson, I mean, T.D. Lamb, I mean, these guys that were available, I mean, even two years ago, I told, I mean, everybody says it, you know, but me and Nick talk about it all the time. I mean, we DK Metcalf went the spot after us. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams right now? Could you oh, imagine God. Devontae like, Adams and Nikhil Harry? I want to hear it. With, with who? Jeff McDaniel signed him the football? Anyways. Um, <laughs> and squat on in the backfield. Uh, on, on the sidelines? Um, I was a little disappointed. Um, the AJ Dillon, I get it because Aaron Jones is having some contract disputes. He did fire his agent a couple weeks ago from what I read and saw, um, and is trying to work out and try to be on the football team. Um, so I get it. Um, but no one's talking about when we traded and we moved up in the draft a couple years ago, um, to get the Sean, uh, Kaiser, um, it wasn't that Cleveland trade or whatever it was. Um, so like, trying to get some new younger quarterbacks and get some blood in there, maybe to try to have Aaron compete um, was probably part of the scheme for the last couple of years. I mean, I think that man needs to be motivated in different ways because he is just so efficient with what he does. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you give the man the weapons. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. I mean, my biggest concern is our defense right now with who's running our defense, but I mean, we spent the money and, and I mean, are we happy if we only make it to the NFC Championship game? No. I mean, like, that's that's not what it's about. I mean, especially if we have the most talented quarterback or second most talented quarterback given age or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, you, just like you said, you know, I want rings. Do you feel like he's here for the long term in Green Bay? Like, how, how much longer are we expected to see Aaron Rodgers there? Um. I think it comes down to really how happy he is. And, you know, a longtime teammate of his, uh, Mason Crosby, was talking about um, how happy he was coming into the situation this year. And even after them taking, you know, love with the pick, you know, he, he his demeanor and how he's been carrying himself has been different than any of the other 15 years prior. Um, I think with Devontae Adams turning into the professional specialist that he's turned into right now, um, Aaron Rodgers literally saying that, you know, we have to put Devontae in that conversation of being the best athlete he's ever played with. Um, I think he's really having fun, guys. And I don't know if it's really just uh, maybe out of being the relationships. I mean, I know the Olivia Munn thing, him being in the spotlight, that's not Aaron Rodgers. So I know that's why that didn't work out. Danica Patrick wanted to start a family and Aaron Rodgers not maybe feeling accomplished enough. I know that, you know, maybe was hampering on him, but uh, what the man's football level. I mean, I'm sorry. Like I talked about Brett Favre and I feel like, you know, you had to move on with what Aaron was showing you, but besides the jets here, I mean, 
he'd go to another NFC championship with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, it, it, like good. he wasn't done. So, you know, it, it, it's just difficult and it'll be heartbreaking just like anybody else. I mean, I know how you guys feel, right? I mean, you got Tampa Tom down, you know, playoffs, right? Mm. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. I'll say it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, but but you guys, you guys and the 49ers, you guys, that's that's how you guys operate. You guys have a quarterback in waiting, and it's worked out the last the last couple times. So you just hope you just hope you get one more one more shot at that. I just I just don't know when it's going to be. I feel like Rogers, I, obviously, he was pissed off this year, and I think that's what really motivates him. I think you you said that really well. Um, he he plays well when he's pissed off, and he he did it this year. He went out and he he showed everybody that he can still do it. Because I I know last year there were a lot of people doubting that he was still in that top five, including myself. Like I I watching him, I was convinced that I I wasn't as sure that he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league anymore. And and he's put everybody on notice. So I think that kind of changes the plan a little bit. Um, that he's still playing at an MVP level a year after you draft a quarterback. So now. I'm not exactly sure what the direction is. And obviously we haven't seen what Jordan Love is. So that I guess that's a future conversation, but I think they're set up pretty well. And now they just need to go surround Aaron with more talent in the off season, depending uh, when that starts. You didn't see those six games you played at Nevada? Uh, no, no, I'm not too familiar on Nevada oh, oh, uh, college oh. football schedule. Either, either way, yeah. it, sh- it should be interesting to see what happens, you know, in the postseason. I'm I'm looking forward to possibly watching an Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady NFC championship. I know a lot of things are probably going to have to happen in order to get to that point. But being able to see Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field, hopefully, like you said, Andrew, it is snowing, would be something that would that would be like a wet dream mm-hmm. for, me. for me. It would be a nightmare if, if Tampa loses, but you know, you win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why would it be a, why would it be a nightmare if Tampa lost for you? I'm sorry. What's on your t-shirt right there? I can't quite see it. What was it? What does that say? It says oh. city of champions. Oh, and then there's the like Tampa some, Bay. No, there's didn't, some didn't letters. They... There's like letters on it that are designed in Boston sports team logos. Oh, spell oh. out Boston. And then underneath it oh. says city is of champions. Oh, um, oh, but, because what Tampa won baseball? Is that what it was? I'm confused. Hockey. They won hockey. Went oh, that's what it was. Oh, oh, yeah. Almost oh. got it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was going to ask you what your opinion of government is, but I think we're going to run out of time. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I, I, we'll probably have to do this again at some point. I think yeah. uh, we we got a good thing going with us, Mike. You know, bringing on guests, bringing on different different people that have different takes, different thoughts, different things to say. You know, just trying to keep things fresh, keep things moving, keep people keep the body guessing. Like uh, what's his name in in um, dodgeball? The guy with the glasses. <laughs> We're gonna run out of time again at some point. But Andrew, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate you guys. It. If you I appreciate um, it, if you want to throw out some socials or anything that you want to promote, let us let us know. We got to get it in there. No, no, nah, moving the goalposts, guys. Sorry. Yep. You guys are doing great. Keep it up. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for hopping on, brother. All Thanks, right, guys. guys. So that's going to do it for another episode of Moving the Goalposts. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. We want to thank Martin. We want to thank Andrew for joining us today. Uh, got a lot more coming. We don't necessarily know exactly what it is, but that's life, I guess. We'll move with those goalposts. You know? There you go. Uh, Mike, Till next time, buddy. Later, brother. Peace. Peace. <laughs>
story. 